0: Hello, and welcome to Making Problems to Solve, the podcast about curiosity, creativity, and problem solving. I'm Dave, and today I'm talking to Ben Klein, uh, known as Klein Craft on Instagram. How are you doing? Oh, very good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm um, great. Thanks a lot for uh, for talking to me today. So you mentioned this uh, in our pre-show chat, and I noticed it um, on Instagram. Paul Mayette posted that today is the seventh anniversary of Making It 100, and that's where we met. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a fun time out in Boston. It was one of my uh, first kind of maker events. And uh, yeah, I remember we, we met up there in person and then we got talking and um, I currently live in uh, Worcester. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of noticed that we both uh, grew up in the same town in New York.
0: Yeah. 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 That was uh, pretty funny that I drove all the way to Boston to meet people uh, that either grew up in my town or you know, we're makers in the local area. So it was kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Funny. And uh shout out to uh, Paul Mayette and uh, Northeast makers group.
0: You know, they're uh, if you're not following them, uh, you know, what are you doing? You know?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um,
0: there's a high concentration of people who are in the maker community up here in the Northeast that are active um, on Instagram and some you, formerly on YouTube. It's, it's interesting because a lot of people, Uh, started out posting on youtube um because there was a you know a couple facebook groups where people were sharing what they were making and that was uh youtube used to be the place to do it but now just casual makers don't really post as much on youtube it's more definitely instagram or uh, other platforms
1: yeah yeah actually i was uh i was i met with uh paul last weekend and we were talking about, you know, with the Northeast maker group, he, he covers, you know, Maine, you know, your typical new England States, but he goes to New York and he says he goes all the way down to like some parts of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So anybody in that area, you know, he kind of concentrates as the, as a group and lets everybody know about like, you know, maker events and, you know, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yep. Yeah. Paul has been a great a supporter of the community. uh As long as I've, uh known about uh you know about online makers for sure yeah funny funny story we were going back and forth on
1: uh instagram there's a pretty infamous picture of uh paul mayette and jimmy diresta standing next to each other wearing uh hats that say mayette you know his last name and uh it just i took that picture yeah that's uh, a
0: great coincidence
1: (laughs) yeah it was just funny he just you know i happened to be standing there and he came up can you can you take a picture of me and jimmy i'm like yeah not a problem and then i know you know that pictures been making the rounds and and stuff like that. So it's just funny how things kind of come full circle and stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was the, again, making it 100 was the first time I met other people who were in the online maker community in person. And, you know, again, it's kind of funny. It's like, I had to drive, you know, three hours away to meet people who, you know, live in my local area and also were actively doing the same thing. Um, Yeah. It's funny. So, Yes. You know, you said it was your first maker event also, but yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, brings me to one of my, you know, typical questions is how did you get started making stuff?
1: Um, well, I've always been fairly handy. Um, when I was in high school, um, you know, middle school, high school, I tended to gravitate to a lot of like your shop classes. Um, I wouldn't say I was a great student. Um, you know, things like your basic stuff like math and spelling and things like that. I wasn't the greatest at, but more abstract things like art and like home, even like home ec and, you know, technology classes, shop classes and things like that. I tend to lean that way. Um, and then, uh, my professional life, I let, led more towards public service with, um, you know, I was on the fire department, um, out, you know, where you are and, uh, I got involved in some, you know, law enforcement activity stuff and things like that. Um, and then just kind of found making is a, like a good de you know, just something sure. that's kind of, you know, get in your head, work on a project, you know, figure out the problem. Um, and initially for me, it was a very um, solitary thing. You know, it was just something that I did. Um, and then... Um, later in life, I found uh, here in Worcester uh, the Technocopia, which is a makerspace, a nonprofit makerspace out here in uh, Worcester, and uh, you know, being able to make things with other people and bounce ideas off of other people, um, that's really where kind of the whole journey took took off for me and gotten getting involved in social media. Um, I'm a huge consumer of YouTube you know, that's what led to, you know, the making it, you know, I knew those guys from, you know, making it guys from YouTube and, you know, there's, Oh, it'd be cool to meet these guys. You know, they're, they're coming all out this way. So, and, you know, it's 45 minutes from the Boston from where I am, you know? <laughs>
0: so, right. Yeah. So,
1: um, so yeah, uh, it's kind of how I got, how I got started. And, um, you know, lately, um, you know, my maker journey's been kind of crazy I've, I've done so many new things lately
0: um, that we can you know we can get in and talk about cool yeah i definitely saw there was a wide range of things you tried on your instagram and you know again like you said you don't necessarily post every day but definitely saw you were trying just about everything
1: yeah i mean i consider myself a wood turner and a woodworker, um and then probably a subset from that i do a little bit of leather work Um, but I love trying new materials, new tools, new techniques. That's what really kind of gets me up in the morning to be like, oh, I'm going to try this new thing. Um, and, you know, problem solving and figuring out, you know, how do you work with this material or, you know, how does this tool work or, you know, things like
0: that. Sure. Yeah. And you said you took a lot of shop classes in school, but you didn't, it didn't directly lead to you know, a maker career right out of school then.
1: Right. Yeah. I, you know, I was a volunteer firefighter out in, um, in New York. And then that kind of led to like more of a public service career. Um, and you know, I never looked at making as as part of a, like a career. Um, obviously, you know, people say if I ever had it to do all over again, I probably would want to went to art school and, you know, did something Mm -hmm. different. Um, one of the things I um, did several years ago that I'm quite proud of is I actually took a lot of woodworking continuing ed classes down at uh, RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design, and uh, that was uh, so that's why I consider I have my formal woodworking training. Um, and uh, that was uh, that was very enlightening.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Um, you know, it's definitely a you know serious art school down there and um what kind of uh you know interactions did you have with the other students that you were working with
1: um it it varied because since it was continuing ed it was a lot of older older you know older people um and various different backgrounds um i can't really remember the students too well but some were very new um you know weren't even really sure what wood was (laughs) and then there was other people that you know I had a little bit of experience um I always tell people you know I know how to use power tools then I went to RISD and took a class and now I know how to properly use power tools
0: right yeah (laughs) oh that's good yeah I mean a lot of us I think were self-taught so did you have anybody in your you know family growing up who was into you know Doing DIY stuff for yeah yeah thing.
1: a lot of a lot of is my dad um he was very very handy in home repair and home modeling remodeling and and things like that so that's actually what I do now um I'm a, I'm
0: self-employed I'm a handyman sure yeah so that's always great experience and again that's pretty much you know how I learned basically what tools were and that you know the idea of figuring things out and fixing things and problem solving is I learned that you know from my dad. But again, we never really were making a lot of projects. Yeah. I,
1: I enjoy the handyman aspect of it too, is because like when I have clients call me, it's, it's a lot of different things. You know, it's like, you know, if you're an electrician, you do that all the time. If you're a plumber, that's what you mm-hmm. do all the time. But With a handyman, I get a wide variety of problems that, that come my way. And, homeowners are looking for you know solutions and stuff and it's trying to figure out And a lot of times it's repairing something or fixing something so you're not even installing something new it's you know repair something that already exists so it's the problem solving of how to you know figure out you know why did this problem start how do i stop it from happening again and then how do i you know build this back and make it look like nobody's ever touched it (laughs) you know so so that those are very difficult things sometimes to to
0: pull together sure do you find that you're do you have to fabricate like new parts for things or is it more just trying to figure out like how to use uh, the off-the-shelf products to fit into what you need um more like that it's
1: more you know um, more professional products to um either like weatherize something or or do different repairs. I don't do a lot of fabricating um for that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, it's more like on-site um you know fixing of things.
0: Sure. Um <laughs> how how long did it take you to develop those skills? I mean, was it just did you do that on purpose or was it more of a just organic uh, process?
1: Yeah. I've, you know, through my dad, um, my dad's done some similar work. Um, so I always have him. I can call a lot of times when I, and I'm working on something and I'm really not sure how to do something, I'll call him and say, you know, this is the problem I have. Here's some pictures. You know, what would you do? Um, my brother-in-law's in the business, um, you know, contracting and stuff. And then, um, you know, here at Technicopia, there's uh, a few members here that are contractors that I can reach out to and uh, just say, hey, listen, I've got this issue. Sometimes it's I'm not sure what to do. You know, what do you think? Or this is what I'm thinking. Am I heading in the right direction?
0: Yeah, that's really great to have those uh, those resources available. Yeah, yeah, it's great. (laughs) <laughs> of course um yeah i usually have to uh message uh lucas on uh instagram man made in ma
1: oh yeah 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 lucas is is north of me here him and uh him and dry are pretty cool <laughs> yeah
0: just uh <laughs> but he always he just knows uh more about like what's what's out there what uh parts and solutions are available for things you know yeah, i can he... just go to home depot and look at every product but he knows what's there
1: yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, like, especially on the fabrication side, like you were uh, saying, you know, when he's got to make parts for, for things. He's, he's the guy to go to for that, you know, and that machines and vices
0: and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so you said you, you know, th- were thinking maybe you would have went to art school and I have developed this kind of theory with there's people who end up as makers, uh, you know, who just do all different kinds of problem solving. Um, you know, think that art school probably is the right place for them. And a lot of times maybe it's not because, you know, it's just, it sounds like it's the right thing, but (laughs) it maybe doesn't, you know, they kind of like end up pushing you like, you know, you have to pick like, oh, am I going to be a sculptor or a painter or, you know, whatever, but you know, you you try everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I probably would have went to, like I said, like art school, um, you know, something in the woodworking realm or, or maybe some type of vocational school you know maybe mm-hmm. something more that in the you know one of the trades you know you know electrician plumber something like that but
0: yeah yeah i think uh but you know being able to be a generalist there and try you know a little bit of everything and you know combine all these different you know skills and knowledge to solve you know new and unique problems correct yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. When did you find out there, find the Technocopia Makerspace?
1: Oh, so I um, was saying before where a lot of my maker journey was more solid, solitary, you know, doing stuff by myself. Um, And my wife and I had moved out here to Worcester um, and all our And she's from the New York area, upstate New York area. So we didn't know anybody out here. It was just me and her. Out here for you know for an, a job that I had at the time, and um, you know, I was looking to have some social interaction. And uh, somebody pointed out, uh, you know, look up for maker spaces, and I found Technocopia, um, joined Technocopia in 2014. Um, and then we went through a big transition over to the building that we're at now, the printers building. And I've been a member ever since, and I'm currently the woodshop steward. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so I don't know if you're, are you familiar with the makerspace in Troy, New York?
1: I know it exists. I haven't had a chance to visit it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, I think they did celebrate their 10th anniversary this summer. So that's a, that's an interesting coincidence.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um. So we're actually um. Kind of a subset from. Uh, you're familiar with Artisans Asylum in Boston. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're one of the first maker spaces in, um, in the, in the country, and uh, we were the second one in Massachusetts. We kind of they helped us get going and get started and you know bylaws and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then now there's a few. Um, I know there's one up in Lowell. There's one in Orange. I know there's a small one in Framingham. Um, there's a few. Um, but for a while there, it was either Artists' Asylum in Boston
0: or us us here in Worcester. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty interesting that you just happened to, you know, <laughs> come in at the exact right time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what what was it like when you first started going there?
1: Um, it was interesting, um, cause I'm not a
0: very technical
1: person. Um, computers aren't my strong suit. Um, you know, when we, we talked before about doing the podcast, I was like, um, what do I need? What do I need to do? <laughs> you know, I wasn't really sure. Um, and so coming into the makerspace, we have, you know, 3d printers, laser cutters, CNC machines, um, vinyl plotters. Um, we have a plasma table, and they all require, you know, design software, and then importing that into, you know, whatever tool you're using has a proprietary software that you know sets the G code and and go from there. So that was a steep curve for me. Um, I still run into some, some issues with it. Um, I'm a very linear, literal person, so it's when I get shown something, it's like click this button. You know, type this in here, then click this button and push this button. You know, I can do that and I can make the tools run and I can make some really cool things. But when I run into problems, like troubleshooting, I don't have the breadth mm-hmm. of knowledge to get myself out of out of a problem. So then, you know, being part of the makerspace, I can lean on the other members and say, "Hey, I'm having a problem with this. Can somebody help me?" And uh, everybody here is very generous with their with their time.
0: That's great. Yeah, yeah. Again, just reminds me that um, you know you haven't actually visited the makers my local makerspace, and it's been ten years. So I really need to get over there. And uh, yeah, and you need him, to you need to come yeah. out here sometime. Yeah, definitely. I definitely need to plan a trip to Massachusetts. I haven't been out um, to Boston since you know twenty nineteen. I I might have actually. I was a couple times, but just to visit my son when he was in college. But that, okay. you know I haven't been to see any makers. I used to do a bunch of work out there and I haven't done that. So I definitely need to, um, you know, get back out there. Well, I can tell you it's
1: exactly two and a half hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, right. Cause it's uh, from my, from my doorstep to my parents' doorstep, is two and a half hours.
0: Yeah. And I, well, it's a little bit short. I like 10 minutes, uh, farther east. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, something I need to explore more. Cause um, you know, all the people I've met from the makerspace out here, at Maker Camp, and other events are, are are great people, and they're you know so many more resources, and just you know just being able to talk to other makers, you know, to help solve problems is is a big asset.
1: Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, here at um Technocopia, we're a um a nonprofit, and mm-hmm. we're, we're a member run space. So there's different committees that when you're a member, you can join different committees and those committees help, you know, do things like run the facilities, um, classes, um, tons of different stuff. Um, so it's really about the members. It's about the community. We always say that the tools here are really cool, but it's about the people, you know, it's being able to interact with the people. Um, I mean like over, over COVID we were closed, but then kind of, you know, coming back over COVID, um, I've always wanted to learn how to solder. I don't do a lot of electronics, being that I'm not a very technical person, but I've always wanted to learn how to solder with like a proper, not those, you know, those old Radio Shack pen things that were, you know, horrible. You know, they more gob the solder on. So mm-hmm. um, I have a really good friend here, Kevin, who's a roboticist. Um, he went to Worcester Polytech and he um, teaches robotics at a, at a high school here. Um, he taught me how to solder. He said, "You know, this is the soldering iron you got to get. You know, the kind where you can actually change the temperature and stuff." Right. And I uh, just, we just went through, and I soldered a bunch of pin header pins to a board. Um, and I could see where it's definitely something that I need to like, you know, practice and and keep up on. But even just him taking you know an hour or two to to walk me through all that, my soldering skills went from you know almost non-existent
0: to. Uh, barely fairly passable <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i think i don't think i've learned how to solder and i've been doing it for whatever 30 40 years um at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's
1: definitely it's definitely a skill um but um but like just things like that learning you know different skills um i don't know one thing we can um segue into if you don't mind is um I have a real good friend here who's an uh just a general like would be what you consider an artist. Mm-hmm. And um she belongs to an organization that's also in the building here called Arts Worcester. Right. And they are a nonprofit um art gallery. So throughout the year they host uh jury and non juried shows. Um it's a membership based organization. Um so I I was, you know, working on some projects and I never considered what I did art and uh, I was doing these little um these little figurines that um I used a laser cutter, they're little skeletons and I used the laser cutter to put wings on them so they look like little you know, like dead fairies, you know, dead pixies. Right. And mm-hmm. I built wooden oak wooden boxes and made them look like um like you would see like old like specimen boxes in like like a university or something. Right. So I was working on doing those. And again, um, I was working with uh, liquid silicone that I'd never worked with before. So that was exciting to get to use a new new material that I never used before. But uh, she was saying to me that, yeah, you know, coming up, they're having a uh, show called Scaled Down. So the subject matter needs to be small. And then, you know, the actual pieces can't be any more than 10 inches by 10 inches. And I was right. like, oh, okay, you know, that, that's, a, you should enter, you know, you should enter your piece. And I'm like, oh, so eventually she talked me into entering my piece and, you know, it was a non jury show. So it got accepted, but I had a some, a piece of, I guess, art that I did
0: shown in a public gallery. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I haven't done that and I call myself an artist, but (laughs) But, uh, make more stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, It was cool. And then uh, I was at the, the night they had the reception and uh, I actually won honorable mention.
0: That's, that's really excellent. Yeah. So it's really cool that you're able to have access to this, just wide variety of different uh, creative people in all different fields.
1: Right, right, right. And just like I said, just being, um, you know, I'm the woodshop steward here. So a lot of people come to me for woodshop questions Um, we have a digital fabrication steward. Um, I go to him a lot. Um, a lot of times, you know, I may have a project that I need to do and like, I could do it, but it'll take me like two hours to hunt and pack and get it done where I know he could just run it in five minutes. So a (laughs) lot of times I'll, um, you know, ask Riley, his name's Riley. I'd be like, Riley. can you help me with this real quick? Yeah, not a problem. We'll get the settings all there, and we'll run something. Like I said, it'll take five minutes. That would have taken me like an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that helps out a lot, too, when, you know, other people will want to use the tools and stuff. And, you know, I don't like to be that person that's, you know, hogging a tool just due to my, you know, my, you know, not understanding it yeah. as well as I probably should. Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, every time you do that, do you get like a little bit more knowledge uh, that you can? Oh, yeah, uh, I'm, a,
1: I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pretty quick learner. Like, if you show me how to do something, I can pick it up. Um, matter of fact, uh, just recently, my brother-in-law reached out to me and he had this image um, that he found online that he wanted a sticker of it. And it was, you know, full color image. And I'm like, OK, like, well, I've, I've used the vinyl plotter to cut out vinyl, but that's just one color, you know? I'm like, well, let me look so I asked around and they said yeah you can get this stuff called printable vinyl and you can run it on the cricket and it'll cut it out and things like that so I'm like all right well let's try this so I went on Amazon picked up some printable vinyl picked up the clear you know vinyl that goes over the top and then um, mm-hmm. one of my friends here Eric I was like you know can you help me do those stickers on cricket so I you know went to Inkscape and you know, edited some of the videos and then he helped me take it into cricket and, you know, get it all set up. And you've got to put a like a mask behind it so that when it um, registers in the cricket it know you know, it knows where to where to cut. Um, but like I had like three, I think we did one design um, and we had some issues with the pressure that the knife was cutting the stickers out. So we did it again. And then the third and the third time we did it, but my second image, I actually did it with him standing there. You know, and a couple times I was like, okay, I know what I need to do, but I don't know where it is on the screen. And he was like, oh, it's just right, right up here. You know, so then the second time I did it, you know, with him watching over my shoulder. And now I feel confident that if I needed to do it again, I could I could figure it out and do it. You know, I, I picked that stuff up pretty quickly. Um, yeah, one of my biggest, like, pet peeves is like it being in the maker community and, and stuff is like, I know things are possible. I just can't do them. And that frustrates <laughs> yeah. me. Cause like, you know, when you're trying to think of projects or you're thinking of how to, you know, problems to solve, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just do a full color sticker out of vinyl. I know that's possible. Right. I don't know how to do it. So that's where I get yeah. frustrated sometimes as well. Like I said, when I know something's possible, I just don't have the skill set to do it, but then that's where technicopia comes in. Cause we have a discord. Um, you know, you can pop something out on there and just be like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And somebody be like, "Yeah, you, know, you know, they can either tell you how to do it there or like, Hey, I'm going to be around on Thursday night. You know, I'll, you know, I'll help you out with that. So it's, uh, it's, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah, it sounds like it. It's just, uh, um, hive mind just uh, so many you know creative uh, you know people who have different you know skill sets so you can all work together right right and it, it's cool here when you're
1: walking around um we have uh rental bays so you can have your own little kind of own little workshop um in addition to we have the actual workshops that you know we have a wood shop and a metal shop and a glass shop um but when you're walking around here you see people and you know they got wood stacked up so you're like okay that's a woodworker and You know, see somebody (laughs) over here that's got all, you know, robot arms and stuff. You're like, okay, this guy does robots and, you know, but then like over on the other side of the space, you'll see, you know, somebody has an easel set up and is, you know, with a drop cloth on the floor and is doing a traditional painting, you know. Um, So it's interesting the membership around here and to walk around, you see so many people doing so many different things. It's not. You know, all, all woodworkers or all metal workers or, or whatever, you know, whatever you have. It's a pretty diverse group of people that, um, that you can pull from and, and, you know, ask about tools, techniques, materials. Um, the big one for me lately is materials. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll blast out something, you know, when I was doing the little fairy things, um, the wings were done out of like a mylar. Um, okay. And uh, you know, and uh, um, Eric, my friend here, he was like, "Oh, I have these sheets of mylar. Do you want to try these? See how these go on the laser." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll try that out." You know, so sometimes we'll you know swap materials, um, you know, and just kind of help problem solve when it comes to the materials and techniques.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're making, you're selling this uh, really well. I definitely, <laughs> I mean, I probably not going to join, probably not going to join the Worcester makerspace, but. Uh, oh come everyone, on! It's a little bit closer,
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: well, no, definitely.
1: I would, I would highly encourage people to just you know pop makerspace into the Google and see what's near them, and then and then go visit. I mean, it, it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I know not everybody has uh you know it's quite as uh, you know sophisticated makerspace right in their local area. They're definitely more. Located, you know, where, near universities, near other, co- you know, technical yeah, well, colleges, near the thing. Near yeah, that's the funny cities, thing, yeah.
1: too, about makerspaces. It's the the terminology is, is kind of evolved. Um, you know, a lot of libraries now have what they call a makerspace. Mm-hmm. But it's more like we have the tools, you know, you tell us what you want us to make and we'll push the buttons. you know, kind of thing. But right. they call those makerspaces. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, a lot of universities will have, you know, a building or a section that they call makerspace, but it's more for the students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then, um, you know, we're more of a traditional sense of makerspace where it's, you know, nonprofit, you know, me, you know, community shop that people can can join up to. Um, and then but even that, you know, um, you know, we're a fairly large makerspace, uh, has a lot of tools and stuff. Um, you know, there's other makerspaces that aren't as large and they tend to gravitate one area. Maybe it's more techie or maybe it's more, you know, blacksmithing or, or something like that. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I encourage people to look it up, but also keep an open mind that, you know, the the term makerspace
0: is used very loosely nowadays. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's um someone I'm hoping to talk to who actually worked with libraries and building makerspaces there. And those even just if you look at library makerspaces, like you said, some of them they just have machines available and you can give them a file and they'll you know print it out on their 3D printer or whatever. But um, you know, some of them do actually have stuff that's you know available for you know you to use yourself. Um, some libraries even just have a library of tools that you can take home. Um so oh, wow. <laughs> there's cool. a Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so there's actually yeah, like actual libraries where they, you know, have traditional books and stuff that have tool libraries, but there's also other like just community organizations that are a tool library where they actually, you know, will have classes, teach people how to use tools and uh, you know, loan tools out. So yeah, and
1: that's the thing too. Is there are some for profit maker spaces. Um, we mm-hmm. were organized as a nonprofit, so we're you know we're a five hundred one c three, which allows us to um, you know participate in some grant funding and and different yeah. things like that. So you know, kind of the places have different missions, and you know, I would assume that the ones that are privately funded you know whoever's privately funding them probably has some sort of influence on you know the direction that that space is taking
0: um but yeah yeah definitely could be i think that um for longevity and the uh, you know building community i think nonprofit is probably the way to go based on two examples that i've seen that's it <laughs> But, yeah, um,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, like anything. It's 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 difficult. Um, I know we, um, one of your previous guests, that's a good friend of mine here, um, John Grassy from brune Island Originals. Yeah, um, he works with um, nonprofit um, theaters and 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 things like that. And it's you know, it's never enough money, never enough time, never enough people. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, it's uh you know, the community gets behind it. And like, like we were saying before, it's, it's less about the tools and more about the community and the people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, you know, a big theme of pretty much everything I do on this show, you know, and talk to people about Maker Camp and other, you know, ways to get, you know, in touch with, you know, whatever, whoever your local or regional uh, group of makers is. So, and makerspace is just another way to do that.
1: Yeah, I got a Paul match trying to get me over to uh to Maker Camp. The only problem with Maker Camp is that it's the weekend of my right. It's always the weekend of my wedding anniversary. Yeah, so it's kind of well, a I hard think it's, sell. Uh,
0: perfect to celebrate. Yeah, uh, yeah right at Maker Camp.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of <laughs> kind of hard for you know, tell my wife I'm going to leave her and go spend a weekend with a bunch of people in the woods versus her. Yeah, kind of a hard sell.
0: Oh well, she could come too. It's for <laughs> everyone, it's not just for. Maybe maybe I can just, maybe I can
1: sell. Maybe I'll just tell her we're going camping and then just leave it at that. Yeah. Don't tell her well, anything I mean, else. The, just
0: say we're going yeah. camping. It's, are there any any sorts of crafts she might be interested in? We got sewing, blacksmithing, mm-hmm. welding. No, um, she um she likes to bake. She's a
1: very she's a phenomenal baker. Um, but yeah, other than the that, they don't have a maker camp. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, um, you know, she's always quite um, amazed at some of the stuff I, I do. You know, it's one thing, too. She always asks me, how do you know how to do that? And I always tell her, I've failed enough times.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't. Or I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, you know, I it was it. like, I don't know <laughs> how to
1: do that. But apparently now I do, you know. But yeah, I, I tell people that all the time. I mean, I've been making stuff for, for a few, so few decades now. And I always tell people it's, it's more about, you know, embracing those failures and though you know learning to pivot and a lot of times you know where somebody you know starting out making might run into a problem or or make a mistake and be like okay i'm done my project's ruined i'm done you know but over time you learn okay well how do we pivot you know how does how does that flaw become a feature yeah you know every time (laughs) yeah or how do you know how do we how do we rescue this and then having the mm-hmm. skills and the knowledge to um you know figure out those things so i always tell people the only way the only reason i know how to do things is cuz i failed at it enough times
0: right yeah i mean that's and basically being curious and you know willing to try new things you know cuz once you once you learn the first skill then you realize that you have that ability to figure things out. So the next time. Um, yeah. And a lot of you times know, you just can build on the previous experience. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you can piggyback sk- things
1: off of each other where you, you know, you try something and you're like, Oh, this is a lot like blank, you know, and exactly. and, and draw from those experiences. Um, but every once in a while, there's things where you try something, you just, I am not good at this. <laughs> you know, you just try <laughs> yeah. something and you're just so, but then that's a, Helpful, too, because you learn, Okay, when you're trying to work on a project, you're trying to decide how you want to complete it. I'm going to steer away from, say, metalworking because I am just not good at that. You know, so having that knowledge, though, to steer your project in different directions, trying to avoid some of those pitfalls. You know, I just recently I just recently uh, did some welding on, uh, you know, a project that uh, may or may not be coming your way soon.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> so,
1: uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we just did the uh you and I did the uh the logo swap. And that's right. uh your I made your uh logo out of oak and then it's got a metal frame around it and I did some MIG welding. And I never really did some MIG welding. I'm well, I would say I did more grinding than I did welding, but we'll we'll call it mm-hmm. welding. And uh that was the first time I'd done that and that's, you know, just recently here. So,
0: Oh, that's great. Were you able to do that at the makerspace?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Having access to the tools at the makerspace, having people that I can, you know, ask how, you know, how would I go? What settings do I need? Um, and then it just said, let's, you know, let's literally pull the trigger and see what happens here.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's just, uh, MIG welding is gives you that option that it's, you know, it's not hard to get started and grinding is always an option. And, it's not hard to get more metal if you mess up the first one. So,
1: and yeah, matter of fact, uh, you know, some of the corners on the, um, on your logo piece were a little less than desirable. So I just threw more weld in there and ground some more. So I was like, Hey, that works.
0: (laughs) Yep. You can get a do over for sure. Yeah. yeah, Definite Um, do over. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you did bring up the, uh, the maker collab logo swap, um, the project, or I guess, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, challenge contest?
1: Yeah, challenge uh, contest, which you know, again, in lately, like I was saying in my uh lately, I've been doing a lot of new things. I haven't participated in any of the maker contests or maker collabs or anything like that. So when you uh, when you reached out and asked if you wanted to do it, I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And I just right. jumped in, jumped in both feet and uh, and uh, and ran with it. But again, like I said, recently the the my maker journey's
0: has just been trying new things. Yeah, it's great. Um it was funny too because when I saw that the um the prompt for this challenge was to like reimagine someone's logo, I thought that that would be funny to make a joke about people who have uh saw blades in their logo. Um and because that's uh, my main uh making thing is to make dumb jokes. Uh, so you reached out and I, you know,
1: I think I can't remember out, what I like, said, but I, yeah, I saw that and I reached <laughs> out and be like, I think I said something like you rang or you called. This <laughs> is like, yeah, cause yeah. my logo is <laughs> a saw blade at the top, the log at the bottom with the banner right across the thing. It's so perfect. you're like, yeah, you know, it's like anybody have a saw blade in their logo? And I was like, you rang. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. being, you know, having you reach out with someone who I knew already, um, made it, I think a little less, um, less intimidating so
1: I'm yeah i would totally agree you, with that
0: yeah yeah cool i'm glad uh, i'm glad that worked out but you started like immediately at the first day and i think i was traveling for work so i didn't have a chance to do it so once you um once you started working it really um you know challenged me to uh you know step up and do a great job on the project yeah so thing too is
1: like with maker journey like um you know we have members here are people I consider friends that are, you know, married with kids. And a lot of times, you know, for them, I find a lot of they have to schedule something like um, I have a real good friend who comes every Thursday night. That's mm-hmm. his, his night to come to the makerspace. And it just worked out with the family that, you know, the kids are taken care of, you know, and, and, you know, that's his time. Because other than that, he's working and he's, you know helping raise the kids and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So um, with me being self-employed, I have a little bit more, more freedom. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think you just got to find, you got to find the time, you know, to, to support your hobbies and, and, and things like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that um, it's always important to do that. It's, you know, I found it's tough to, you know, make do some of these challenges. I know that. Uh, Working Hands podcast pre-announced that their uh, Make What You Fear challenge is coming up in January, and I skipped the last two of those. I always have intentions of, you know, doing something really cool, but that <laughs> trying to find the time always doesn't uh, work out. So I was really happy to, you know, be able to work on this one.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things um, that's good with the Maker collab is because their whole thing is to, you know, get people you know, making together. And then there is that Mm -hmm. element of, you know, like, Oh, you know, he's, he's halfway done and I haven't started yet, you know, that kind (laughs) of, you know, or something, you know, so there is that little bit of push to, and like, you know, there's a deadline on this. So, you know, I also, I, you know, a lot of times I'm more of the faucet. I get started because for me, things come up, you know, Mm -hmm. especially like with clients and things like that. And, and that is what had happened to me. I'd started yours you know, your project off pretty quickly. And then I had, um, some jobs come up and then also the, um, the arts Worcester gallery that I previously talked about the reception for that was one night. And like I said, that was a huge whirlwind. Um, so I knew that there was a certain part of the month that I was just going to be not available. A lot of times I'll like, okay, let me start this now because I know I'm probably going to run into a problem later. And then, like I said, Mm -hmm. middle of the month, I wasn't available. And then kind of the end of the month, I started doing some finishing and there's a few finishing touches I wanted to put on your piece. And, you know, I was working on those. I think when did the the thing stopped on Thursday, I was doing, I was working on some parts of yours on like Tuesday night.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, that's pretty Mm -hmm. good. I finished it. Um on Thursday night. That's when I finished to put the last uh pieces together. So, cool, because I awesome. yeah. Well I had 3D printed parts and I was uh my three D printer, I just got it working again. So and then um something I broke the fan for the 3D printer and then I so I had to go get an old fan and try to rewire it. And get it back working again. So, yeah, it's that troubleshooting. That was interesting I was talking challenge about. in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew it was wrong. I just was yeah. trying to figure out, like, all right, how do I resolder these really tiny wires? On well, this, that, you, you know, know, but that's part I'm of the, you know, he's
1: making problems to solve. You know, it's like sometimes, you know, yeah. you want to make something and problems show up, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, yeah, for sure. you know, problems like we, you know, like you're saying, problems of I don't have the skill I need to learn it or, okay, the main tool I was going to work just broke or you know yep. the power's out or, or something like that you know those are all problems that you have to overcome you know or oh, like we yeah. having you know having enough time you know it's like hey i want to do this elaborate project but i just don't have the time to do it so do you find the time or do you scale back
0: your project right yeah i mean i think so having the buying a cheap 3d printer um and then having to you know it f- failed multiple times so i learned a lot about it so when when this most recent problem occurred i knew what it was and i knew how to fix it um you know and then having you know basic skills for you know yeah you know, soldering understanding wiring and like how to you know take this thing apart so i can put it back together is uh definitely helpful
1: yeah i think the, for me with my 3d printing journey um that was a big thing is when i got my own 3d printer um, because again, being here at the makerspace, I know how to you know get something off a of Thingiverse, put it on a flash drive, you know, manipulate it in you know in Kara and then load it onto mm-hmm. the machine and print it. Um, you know, you know, push this button, put the, push that button, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but when I bought my own printer, that you know, when you get those budget printers, they come in, you know. Some assembly required, you know, (laughs) Of course, and, uh, you know, so building it myself, understanding what all the parts were, and then also, you know, having at home and being able to play with, you know, the nozzle temperature and the bed temperature and, and things like that. You know, the one thing at the makerspace um, with a lot of the tools, since, you know, there's so many people wanting to use the tools, it's really, you got to kind of have your file ready to go. You put it on the machine, you do your print, and then the next person's loading their file on. So having one at home where I could, like, you know, print a little widget with, you know, say, the bed at 200, then print mm-hmm. the same widget with the bed at 210 and see what the difference is. So that experimentation, you know, I think really opened my eyes with, with 3D printing. I am not nearly, you know, as, you know, skilled with, like, programs and stuff like i'm not at a point where i'm like designing my own items sure Um, i understand that so mine's a lot of you know stuff out of thingiverse and 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 things like that um but yeah getting my own 3d printer putting it together and then having it readily available that i could like try stuff and uh you know if i broke it it was my 3d printer that i broke you know kind of thing so i was like oh let's, let's try this you know Let's crank it up to eleven. Let's see what let's see what happens. You know, so being able to experiment with it um definitely helped me understand it a lot better. And um, you know, and now I'm actually into doing uh resin printing. So I have okay. I have a yeah. resin printer. Um so I kind of flop between the, you know, the FDM and the and the resin, depending on what it is that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, the resin printing is pretty cool and you can get, you know, s- such more detail than uh, with a regular, you know, FDM printer.
1: Yeah, the details great. The cleanup is horrible. It's just the, okay, yeah. the 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 cleanup. You have to you have to come up with a system. You have to have things available to you know put things in to take them somewhere to wash them and and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, you, you definitely need to have a you need to have some tools and you need to have a system in place of how you're going to get these things clean. And then that's a bit of an investment. But then when you're done, I mean the resolution and the detail is just mind boggling. But, um, but definitely the, uh you know, keeping things clean. And it's one of those tools where, you know, you got to keep your screen clean. You got to keep your, the vats with the FEP sheets. You got to keep those clean. Cause if they get dirty, then it ruins the resolution of your, your prints and stuff. So it's, you gotta t- you gotta kinda spend the time on the front end to to help you on the back end, if that makes sense.
0: Right, yeah. Put all those systems into place. I and that happens to me with just the the printmaking and screen printing and stuff, because you have to have like a workstation where and you got all these different things and if you do it wrong, then you got ink on everything and you know. <laughs> and so it's so all it's just because you know, it just and it multiplies, it kinda like spreads yeah. everywhere. And then,
1: um, with your printmaking, um, I've seen some of the printmaking you do a lot of times you got to have like lay things out somewhere to, Mm -hmm. to let them dry. So I'm sure that probably starts taking up a lot of real estate. You know, if you, if, you know, if you have a small work area and then you do three or four prints, you're like, uh, I guess I'm done. (laughs) Yep. Yeah.
0: Running out of space. Yeah. When I do the t-shirts, that's usually like, I'll have them. That's like, they're like spread out everywhere all over the workshop because I don't have a system. <laughs> yeah. I got to get like a closed hanger rack or something, you know, which is to- also kind of still
1: cool when your shop gets to that state. Cause you
0: can stand, stand back and, you know, be like, look what I've done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, you can see your accomplishment for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I've had a lot of, a lot of fun uh, talking to you today. It's great to always, you know, get to talk to someone, you know, you've known for, you know, seven or eight years. And, you know, never sit down really and have a, a you know, yeah, in-depth no. conversation.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to, um, you know, with the maker community and everybody's so willing to help that, you know, you see people at maker events. Um, but like I said, I met you seven years ago today in person. Right. And then, you know, we've been, you know, pretty friendly over long, you know, over, you know, the internet and, you know, on Instagram and, you know, I know I could ask you a question. You could ask me a question if you had a question about something. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, um, you know, you consider somebody a friend, but you know, we, we talk online and we met
0: seven years ago. But that I, I just I find <laughs> that cool. You know, yeah, Yep, yeah. It's definitely a unique uh, I think property of uh, of this online community. Cool, cool. And I know you had some stuff you wanted to, uh, to talk about here. So yeah, so go go couple. Ahead.
1: Of A couple things that we already kind of touched on is, um, you know, online is the uh, Northeast Makers Group that's run by Paul Miette. Um, If you're not um, subscribed to them or following them, um, I would highly recommend doing that. Um, Also, uh, Technocopia, it's T-E-C-H-N-O-C-O-P-I-A dot org. Um, We're just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. We, uh, and we're doing on GoFundMe, it's, uh, 10K for 10 years. So if, uh, you know, the end of the year where you're looking for a charitable giving or something, um, you know, on Instagram, you can go into a bio and uh, click on the GoFundMe link. Um, if you're able to donate, that would be great. Um, let's see what else. Uh, with Technocopia, every Thursday night, we have an open house and op- we call it Open Hack. Um, it's, um, seven to nine every Thursday night. So we have people come by to see the place, get a tour. Um, we have a lot of people that aren't members, but just come by every Thursday night for the social aspect of it. That's great. Yeah. So we have that going on. And then also, um, at Technocopia, we have a lot of different clubs going on. So we have, uh, the first Monday of the month is uh stitch and bitch. So it's, uh, you know, embroidery, stitching, crocheting. Um, I know the, third friday of the month is a uh, dnd craft night so that um tends to be more of like if you're trying to just get started with dnd or like miniature painting or creating your character um it's a great group to do that um, that's cool yeah um all the different clubs and organizations and um are on the website and also on um you know on the social media stuff
0: Oh, that's that's cool, and I think you. there's there something you wanted to talk about? The Arts Worcester.
1: Oh yeah, and then uh,
0: Arts Worcester
1: is also an organization in the building. They're a nonprofit. Um, you know, check them out online. Um, you know, obviously they accept donations and stuff. But um, if you're in the Worcester area, um, you know, check out their hours and uh, you know, come see some of their shows.
0: Yeah, definitely. Those sound like uh. Uh, great places to be. And if uh, I'll see if I can uh, get out one Thursday, uh, check out the open house for sure. That'd be great. Cool. And where can people uh, see what you're working on?
1: I'm pretty big on uh, Instagram right now. Um, so it's at Kleincraft. Um, other than that, I'm on Facebook a little bit, um, but mostly at Kleincraft on Instagram.
0: Hey, everybody. I just wanted to jump on here and mention that voting for the maker collab logo swap, which Ben and myself participated in is live now from December 5th to 8th. Uh, You can go to themakercollab.com slash vote and vote for your favorite. Uh, Ben and I's project is number four. Thanks a lot. Uh, And I want to take a second to uh, thank The patrons over at Patreon who help make the show happen, Uh, especially my top patrons, Ed Johns, Brian Callahan and Sean Beckner. If you want to support the show and get access to that after show where we have a little bit more conversation with our guests, you can go to patreon.com slash making problems to solve. You can follow the show on Instagram at making problems to solve and you can see what I'm doing on Instagram over at Dave Bauer art. Uh, Thanks a lot for talking to me today, Ben. Hey, no problem. Thank you. It's been great.